Hello, welcome back to another episode. My name is Ross. And I'm Greg. It's time to put the kettle on because it's tea time. Nice and hot. Right. Well, it's been a couple of weeks. Uh, we were travelling last week, so uh, we weren't able to do an episode. Um, instead, we decided to travel up to North Wales, and we started and completed the three the Welsh Three Peaks Challenge. So, yay us. Yeah. Yes. Before um, the lockdown, if anyone gets all concerned, we managed to do it outside of the lockdown, so we're, we're all good. Well, we were. Um, yeah. I know the majority of North Wales are also on lockdown, so... Yeah, shortly afterwards. Probably didn't help in that situation. So, sorry if anyone from North Wales is watching this. Um, but today's today's discussion is around that topic. So we'll get back then a bit more. Okay. But before that, I got some news. Um, so yeah, as you said, it's been a couple of weeks. So got quite a bit of news actually. So I'm only going to do a few meaty bits, and then I'm going to quick fire. Oh, okay. So first one. Um, ever heard of the James Dyson Award? Um, he's an inventor. He's the guy who did the, the Hoover thing. So vacuum cleaner, sorry. Ah! Yeah, I found the Hoover. It's the opposite. Uh, I'm guessing he's got some innovation award, which is based on that. Basically, yeah. He's, uh, he's UK's biggest uh, inventor today's, in today's world. Um, and he has a, an award. And it was awarded to a group who created a microplastic emission Kerbin machine. So basically, it sits on a tire, and as the tire is rolling around, it normally releases a bunch of microplastics into the atmosphere, and this sure. device catches them all. Well, not all of them, about 60% of them. I was going to say, all of them. Yeah, it catches 60% of um, the um, electros, it uses electrostatic to catch them, and it just basically grabs 60% of all the airborne particles leaving the tires which is um, quite astonishing because there's nothing else like this. It's a complete first. Mm. And apparently there are 500,000 tons of tire particles annually released in Europe every year. Yeah, it's one of those uh, unknown things. People don't even think about it. I mean, like, you know, even the, the dust that comes off your brakes and that sort of stuff is just all this stuff that gets uh, produced and sent out. You can't see it, so you just don't, just don't think about it. But... If you think about no. how many tires and brakes there are rolling around, it's a lot of stuff. Yeah, and obviously that's an electric car problem as much as a petrol car problem. And this device is now getting produced. Um, it's a prototype at this point, but uh, it's looking promising. And winning that award means they get a bit of money. So hopefully they can take it forward. Cool. Other than that, another invention: uh, the tiny wind turbine. So Sounds this one. Like it sounds like a wind timer, but smaller, Greg. I think it might be, yeah. But uh, what this can do is collect energy from the walker's swinging arm. So as you're walking, it's collecting energy. So this basically scavenges energy from the slight breeze made while walking. And yes, literally the separation, and it can be bottled up and stored for later. It's a Chinese invention. It's not really a UK thing, but it's something that's quite cool. Uh, it's very low-powered, efficient, 
uh, can be placed on the person's swinging arm, and that airflow as you walk in is enough oh, to generate true. power. Yeah, yeah. So as in, think of a watch. Yeah. Wow. So just as you're walking, you're generating electricity. I mean, right. I, I, I'm not sure how much, but enough to charge a watch, perhaps. Well, we've always had, we've well, not always had, but we had, we've had kinetic watches for a while, which yeah. are based on the movement of your arm. Um, interesting that they've gone with that. I wouldn't have thought that's better. <laughs> I would have thought the kinetic was better, but because that, that presumably does any movement if you do that, whereas presumably that's only going to take airflow movement. Don't know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, depends depends how efficient it is, but it's classed to be quite low, uh, low cost and energy efficient. And my final piece of uh, expanded news is a bit local to me. It's the closure of the Ford engine factory in Bridgend. So, so there's. I'd go. Hey, but then I thought, you know, something many people offered. What's the job? Uh, so it's not. Like yeah, like sixteen hundred people. So that's that's a lot of potential people there, but. Um, while reading that article, why I did learn about this, which is why I want to share it, is it does discuss Aston Martin and how some of those workers could be transitioned down to Aston Martin, which is in Broad Tathan, which is not too far from Regent. And that plant, Aston Martin have, is exactly and primarily situated for the electrification project they're working on. Okay. So these workers could be transferred directly there and perhaps be useful. I'm, I'm not really sure exactly what Ford were doing, but they have made it clear that yeah, they just don't need engines as much as they used to. All right. Which means uh, the electric car market, yeah, maybe you know, it's taking right. some uh, taking some wounds here. But uh, yeah, Ford's definitely pulling out. All right. Mm. And other than that, there's also a two million pound legacy fund to help start low carbon initiatives and projects of ex-employees who can apply to this fund. And there's over a hundred such uh, people applied to it already with their own initiatives to try and get off the ground. So very interesting things could happen there. Okay. Um, for the interest of time, let's, let's, quick, let's quick fire some news. Yep. So first, so you can do the first part again, because I think that worked. Um, there's a new graphene battery. So like the face part thing. <laughs> Remember did the who like, you know, reaction face. We did that thing. Oh, okay. Sorry, a graphene battery. Yes, there's a new graphene battery. Actually, no one can see your face on podcast. Yeah, don't do the face thing. Um, it can be charged in 15 seconds. So graphene okay. as a battery conductive technology seems to be a good thing to go. Um, also, Tesla's 200 mile per hour Model S Plaid, I would say Plaid, but Plaid, Model S, um, yeah. with a 520 range, goes on sale in the UK for a price tag of £131,000. Yeah. yeah. This, is, this is a big car. It's a lot of money. Yeah. It but, you know, it's, well, no, but it's, it's aimed at the people that, you know, want to have lots of money. Very, you know, because it's like in the same level as um, I think it might even still be cheaper, or at least around the same price as a Porsche Taycan. It's for people that like to show off and have the fastest cars, what they want, even though they can't drive it, you know. But they'll just so that they can be put the lights and be amused by the fact that they've got the best car in the country. That's what it's for. It's not. It's not meant for you and me, mate. Well, yeah, I can't say I can't afford that. No. Uh, anyway, quick fire news. Continuing, uh, black cab drivers in London are 
have the ability to get interest-free loans to buy electric vehicles. This is under a new uh, conservative scheme. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, but I suppose they kind of need that to combat Uber. Um, also, the world's first commercial hydrogen-powered flight took off and landed, proving the concept that hydrogen-powered flight works. However, they are still lacking the needed infrastructure, such as hydrogen refueling plants, etc. So should we have infrastructure? Hydrogen's a good way to go. It's a lot of those problems. Uh, but yes, well, I mean, we, yep. uh, but then, you know, didn't we have hydrogen once before? <laughs> well, in like Zeppelins. Yes. <laughs> so we, we know it's possible. The question is, will it blow up? Um, obviously, presumably they're better that, at that now than they used to be. Uh, yeah, I suppose like Jethro blows up too. Which one blows up the most? Don't know. That's, that's a question for the people who get blown up, I suppose. But uh, Michelin star. They also introduced a green star. So that's a cool thing to do. Uh, the weird thing is right now it is only in Thailand. I assume that will get spread further afield when that gets time. Mm-hmm. But a green star being for sustainable dining. So if you have a sustainable place, you can now get a green Michelin star. I mean, it sounds good, but I mean, do you take note of a Michelin star when you go out? I mean, I personally don't. I, I don't, but I'm, I'm not posh. So if you are posh, then um, are you going to consider a green star? Is a new thing? I mean, I don't, I don't know. It depends how posh you are, I assume. Maybe. Or maybe it'll become a thing in time, you know. Maybe that's just a, a growing trend. And maybe Thailand is the perfect place to start. I have no idea. Uh, and finally, as of today, you can now apply for the £5,000 Green Home Grants, um, which are available in England, only in England today. Yes, we talked about that before, Green. But that's, it's, not, it's for uh, stuff like um, insulation and things like that. Isn't yeah. it? As opposed to for um, adding further panels to the roof or anything, that would be genuinely cool. Yes, it's, it's for energy consumption, not for energy generation. And primarily, the first dibs always goes to cavity installation. Yeah. So if you want triple and windows, you probably need to have cavity insulation as well. Yeah. Unless you already have it, which most people don't. So, yeah. <laughs> it's the biggest saver. <coughs> yeah, success uh, England only, but uh, Wales, Scotland, Ireland, we have our own things. Uh, well, not you, much. In previous weeks, you keep telling me how far behind we always are. So, it's, yay for us being ahead for once. <laughs> well, go and apply. Um, and the final lump of stuff, I just want to do a quick segment, which I'm going to call, it is a catchy name, so today I'm just going to call it a round of applause. And the round of applause okay. goes to four pieces of news and four places companies first first of all lego so big round applause for lego because they are announcing that all their packaging will be sustainable by the end of 2025 you have to go around in a circle and this is not a round of applause see what i mean okay. round of sorry i should make any noise yeah i might just be Again, noise. I'm, I'm clapping in a circle that's what i'm doing i'm, I'm clapping in a circle <laughs> yep um Google and Unilever partnership uses AI to sort sustainable sourcing. So effectively, I'll expand on this. Uh, Google, uh, Unilever are going to use Google Earth, Google Cloud Storage, and BigQuery, as well as certain AI technologies to uh, get rid of 
all its deforestation in its supply chain by 2022. So oh. we haven't got long, which is amazing. Good. So a short one. We like that one. Not 2025, yep. not 2035, running that rubbish. Good. 2022. Yep. Nice one. Cool. Uh, on top of that news, there's also 200 major food producers who are committing to sharing the sustainable journey. So they are grouping together to solve the problem they all have. Uh, that includes people like PepsiCo, Nestle, all the sort of big food retailers and manufacturers. And the idea is reduce waste, uh, get rid of food loss, and keep each other honest. So good job on them. And finally, a big round of applause for China. We've only got a certain size screen, man, if I go too much. Yeah, for, for China, who are... Uh, for China? Yes, China. They surprised everyone, including the UN, by announcing a 2060 carbon neutral pledge. So they are pledging right, well, the entire... Well, well, 20, 20 what? 60. Okay, 2060. Car carbon neutral pledge. Okay. I mean, from so, where they are, that's quite far. Yeah. If you remember, remember what we discussed with the Paris Climate Agreement, um, yes. the idea was to get um to neutral by maybe 2100 or 2050 you should be halfway gone so to be carbon neutral by 2060 for china i imagine it's quite a big deal okay a very, a very big deal so yeah they completely su surprised the world especially the united nations um and yeah big target big game big country would like to see that happen and i'd also like to see the us offer something similar as they're also pulling out of the past climate agreement. Um, and weirdly, they pull out the day after the US elections, which is the 4th of November. So I hope to see the US follow with their own incentives. Uh, that might depend on who wins the election. Well, neither of them have talked about the options so far in the first presidential debate. I think that's because no one can get a word in. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, that's all my news. And yeah, run for the channel again. Right. Well done, China. Are you up to? Yes. Come on, US. Yes. Oh, yes, please. Um, anyway, how about you? What, what news you got? Well, I have got some. It's, I feel like it's been a good positive week. News. It's been nice. Well, let's start with something which is perhaps, you know, it's negative for some, a bit like your uh, Ford one. Um, Royal Dutch Shell, which is a UK company, which is why I'm talking about them apparently have announced that they are going to cut between 7,000 and 9,000 jobs, which is obviously not a good thing for those people who have those jobs. But the reason that they stated was because it was due to the pandemic, obviously, and also to a dwindling demand in oil. Hmm. Don't know how much of the you know, thing of that is, but it's, you know, it's these early signs that companies that who are making ice engines are starting to say, we are not making as many, we're not making as many of those all companies are not producing as much oil and we've got all the on the flip side we've got all the positive news about how we're doing more renewables and more of this but you know it's all it's going the way it's just supposed to be going we're winning mm. um and for those people that have followed my share stuff um incidentally the share price for royal dutch shell has dropped by nearly 60 percent in the last 12 months so they're suffering from that too obviously there's been a few the pandemic again is a, is a large part of that, but they were dropping from even from September last year. So yes, not looking good for these guys. Doesn't sound to be. No, do we know if they've listed divestment or deinvestment? 
as a, as a reason too, as in the pension funds are no longer invested in stuff like Shell. They didn't mention that. All they have said is that they they recognise that they need to pivot, basically. Oh, okay. To other energies. So I mean, that's I mean, they've pretty much said, yeah, we're we're dying. <laughs> well, that's yeah, we're just going to copy BP for the sound of it. Probably yes. They're just going to switch to uh, renewable energies because that's what they know. Um, yeah. Right. I we had a major major event last week which loads of people have covered, so there's no point going into too much detail. It is, of course, Tesla's battery day. Did you understand all of it? Not fully, no. I, I get I get like the main principles and the percentages thrown up, but I would go in no. Okay. Right, so um, just briefly cover some of the things that they talked about. So that the main thing that they introduced <clears throat> is this new tabless battery. So... A normal battery, which has been the same way that we've always made batteries, is basically one long piece of film which you roll up into a into a cylinder, um, and the electrons that are in that, to, in order to get from positive to negative, basically have to go all the way around the whole. So if you were to unravel it, they have to go from all the way from one end to the other end. So because of that, it generates quite a lot of heat as all those electrons are moving all about. Um, so what they've done is they've basically made it tabless, which effectively means the tab is the bit at the ends. Then they've got it so it runs down the full length of the film. So at any given point, if electricity needs to move, it can just go from one side of the width of the battery to the other. And because it doesn't have to go as travel as far, it doesn't generate as much heat. And because it doesn't generate as much heat, they can make much bigger batteries than they were able to before. So mm. even though it's just a battery, we haven't done anything uh majorly different to how it works it's just that we've ultimately it's just changed one attribute if you like of how the thing is designed um and then that's unlocked all this other stuff that they can do so uh it apparently produces five times more energy and six times more power which once all is said and done and that's put into the car that ends up being a 16 percent improvement in um in range Mm. Um, another key factor is that they're using less cobalt, which um, basically sometimes it's not always um, mined in a very nice ways in child labor and that sort of stuff. It's not regulated properly. So people have been trying to get rid of that. Um, so they're using a lot less of that now. Um, and also the main thing that they've done is they've, which I think is really, really cool, is that they've turned the battery into where they've built the car is they've made the battery part of the structure of the car mm. um, in the same way that they used to do with um, airplane wings and uh, the fuel tanks. They used to make a fuel tank inside a wing and then they thought, well, actually, well, why don't we just make the whole wing a fuel tank? Um, so it's structural. Um, but they've done the same thing, but they've put it, the, the base of the car is now partly structured by the batteries that are inside them. So that is really cool. Um, so by making improvements to the cell design and the materials that they've used to make the, um, I don't know, too technical, but the, the, the both ends of the battery, the anode and the cathode, um, and also how they've they used the cell as, as the structure, like I just mentioned, all of that has unlocked a 54% or will unlock 54% increase in range overall. So, wow. You know, it's the same. It's largely the same stuff and the same kind of chemicals or not, not chemicals, wrong word, compounds, whatever, um, to make the batteries. But they've managed to make 
range. So when we're looking at 400 mile, 500 mile cars, you know, if that range is going to start increasing to six, 700 miles, then we're, you know, we're laughing on. Yeah. Um, so with those improvements that I've already mentioned, plus um, improving the um, how to scale the production of the cells, so how it's actually produced in the factory, they've also managed to reduce the dollar to kilowatt cost by 56%, um, which ultimately was the, they always said $100 would be the, the point when it starts to compete with um, petrocars. Um, but with that improvement, we could be looking more like $50. So that's pretty epic. Um, mm -hmm. And the investment that they would need in order to make the machines and the space in the factory and all that sort of stuff to actually make, um, and they've done it by gigawatt hour. So in order to produce a gigawatt hour's worth of energy uh, from these batteries made in the factory, that cost is now reduced by 69%. And it takes up, like where it used to take up a whole section of factory, now it takes up like basically one machine. So, or two machines. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, all these major improvements, well, well no, they're not major, but they're all minor improvements, but they've added them all together. Um, and then they've basically unlocked all this extra stuff, which basically means that Tesla are once again, you know, the man to beat in terms of what their batteries are gonna be able to do. And you know, all this, all the rumors and all the articles has been out there for, in a new style of factory or a new um, formula for making the batteries. I mean, that stuff might still come, but all these improvements have just been made just by taking the same battery, restructuring a little bit, thinking about how it's made, and then going, there you go, same technology, slightly improved. Now you can go twice as, not twice as far, 50% further. Yeah. So that's all very cool. Um, in other news, um, Tesco have vowed to increase the sales of meat alternatives by 300 percent by 2025 i was in tesco the other day actually it's all um there was a what's the beyond meat i was in the reduce section that's the only reason i noticed it was there <laughs> suddenly an increased number of beyond meat burgers in the reduce session never seen that before but um yeah so the all the whole plants and alternative sections obviously they've been doing in our local tesco i'm assuming they're just going to expand those and Put them into more areas. Um, the chief executive Dave Lewis said, We know from our experience in tackling food waste that transparency and setting ambitious targets are the first steps towards becoming a more sustainable business. Our transparency on protein sales and our new sales target for meat alternatives gives us the platform to becoming a more sustainable and will provide customers with even more choice. Um, I'm wondering, is this similar to what? the unit is it unilever the other companies that have formed together it sounds like they're all maybe maybe tesco is one of these companies just being a bit more transparent about what they're doing um it says we can't accomplish the trans transformational change needed for a truly sustainable food system on our own so we're calling on the whole industry to play its role starting with increased transparency on its sustainability impacts uh, we yeah. also call on the government to do more by helping to scale up innovations and create a level playing field to ensure companies drive sustainability in their supply chains. So is that the same thing? Is that the same as your, your item? Uh, yeah, very, very similar. Unilever is deforestation, um, using AI to get rid of it in this chain. Uh, obviously, Unilever is a super company. They pretty much make everything. 
Um, the other ones were like PepsiCo and Nestle, which are also quite super companies, but generally manufacturers. Right. So places like Tesco's not necessarily part of that chain, but they will massively benefit from those individual manufacturers and getting their stuff kind of together. Chain of their own, doesn't it? Yeah. <clears throat> um, so yeah, basically they introduced plant-based alternatives across 20 different food categories, including ready meals, sausages, burgers, and party food. Um, and they are aiming to make it in affordable in line with traditional meat options. Because at the moment, they're definitely not. I mean, I haven't actually seen any Beyond Meat stuff at all, to be honest. I always see the corn stuff, which is kind of old school. Yeah, no, well, Beyond Meat is like, I mean, they cost like five pounds for like two burgers uh, and, you know you can normally pick up four decent quarter pounders for probably four pounds so it's yeah uh, it's still like prices expensive um, so yeah that's a way to go um plastic straws to be banned in england doesn't doesn't mention wales to be banned in england as of what will be what is tomorrow but will be probably today by the time you see this mm. It's quite quick, as in yeah. October the 1st. October the 1st, yeah. As in, there's something that they had, I think they had said back in May that they were going to do, but they've confirmed it and it is going to happen. So, no more plasticky straws tomorrow. Thank you very much. Um, so, you need to go test this. You need to go somewhere where they sell plastic straws and see if you can get one. I might do that. Oi, oi, this is illegal. Not allowed to put, not allowed to serve these anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, right, so I've got, a, I've got three more things I want to show you, but they're videos. Um, so, um, I want to see your reaction to them because I think they're all very cool. So I'll, I'll show you the little video and then we can talk about it afterwards for the purpose of everybody else. Um, so let's start with this one. Okay, so I just shared a video with you of um, electric surfboards. Yes. Um, so that the footage I've just shown is originally from um, Fully Charged, which is um, another YouTube thing. Um, but there, so there are other types of them that are available in the UK. That's just happens to be one that Fully Charged did. Um, but I just I haven't seen these, and I just thought how cool. Are they? Um, very cool. I mean, you should probably describe it a little bit, like uh, like do the whole Joe Rogan thing, where yeah. So there was two guys standing on surfboards that seemed to be quite upright, somehow being so, propelled forward. Right. So it's it's basically a normal it's a normal surfboard shape. Um, yeah. And uh, in the middle section where you stand. There's like a, a sort of rectangular section that you, you pull a lever and it comes out and that's the battery. So you can take that off and you can go and charge it or you can replace it. The thing runs for about an hour. You plug it back in <laughs> um, and then um, it basically runs a, a jet motor which sits underneath the board at the back um, and the water basically just goes through and gets propelled at the back. Uh, so you end up with a slight, because it's, Pull, it's pushing you from behind uh, as opposed to like in a wakeboard style where you would be pulled along. Um, mm. it's, it's a slightly different standing position, 
um, you have to sort of lean um, back a bit more, I think. Um, but yeah, so, but it's, I mean, like if you would, if, if you've ever tried to learn to surf, uh, obviously, you know, you, 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 you do a lot of paddling out, trying to get to the point, just to get to enough point where you get enough propulsion for you to try and stand up on that board so that you can find out whether or not you can stand on it, right? But you, you do an awful lot of work for, what, two or three seconds worth of propulsion um, only to make a mistake and fall off because you're trying to do everything really quickly. So, I mean, as a, as a learn-to-surf aid, this thing's quite cool because you could just you could just get going any way you like and then it's you know or, or, or like weightboarding if you were trying to get into that you've got something that you can just get into get into the point of you being able to stand on the board and and maneuver it on because you can see once you're up you can turn the board off and you can just sort of use your own movement that sort of stuff but mm. uh, it looks like a lot of fun and i could see that being definitely a new thing i mean like it's it's it looks as much fun as kite surfing but without the danger of potentially being carried across through a different for a road somewhere, which is a half a mile away. <laughs> yeah, it's a danger. But I, they just look amazing. Um, like you've got paddleboarding, but you know it's, it'll be like that, but just a lot faster. <laughs> I could, I think it's a new sport. I mean, it does look magical. And mm. uh, I assume you got one of those little uh, little things tied to your ankle or something to like pull the pull the plug when you fall in, so it doesn't yeah, end up in front. Got, yeah, you've got a strap that goes or anything, and you hold on to like a. You put your hand through like. Oh, a do you do you can do you control the speed? Yes, yeah, so you can. You can control ah. the speed with your thumb. So I didn't see um, that. That's cool. No, you wouldn't be able to. Um, but yeah, that same strap is then connected to the board. So if you fall off, um, which you inevitably will, then it's also a kill switch, so that you don't have to then go swimming for half a mile trying to get your, your board belt, waiting for an hour for it to run out. <laughs> what? disappeared hard to see but yeah so it's, it's got yeah. its own kill switch and um that's how that works but it just looks so, i want to do it i want to do it yeah I'm, I'm, yeah yeah i mean you need, need some sort of ai in there it's like you know return to user so just just turn around come oh. back pick pick you up when you're in the sea uh, that's what the kill switch does it just it just stops and then you can swim that far because it's like next to you if you haven't landed on it i mean that's probably the biggest danger is if you fall forwards, that thing is going to whack right into you. And it does. I, Cause I've, I've watched a guy fall forwards on it earlier on and it looked like it might have got slightly whacked in the, in the head, but, um, but obviously, yeah, it stops pretty quick. So but yeah, a lot of fun. So we're going to have to do that at some point. Cause that looks just too cool not to try. Um, yeah, let's get did. Cool. All right. Video number two. Here is Mercedes Benz vision AVTR. And it is one freaky looking car. Um, if I can find the bit, there's a basically it's like inspired by Avatar. Um, oh, that's uh, why it's Vision Avatar. <laughs> so that thing in the middle, if you can see the, the picture I'm currently showing, that little thing in the middle literally pulses up and down as if it was breathing. You can see it moving in a second if you look closely. Can you see it moving? Oh, maybe it's not done it. Which is showing something, hasn't it? Anyway, oh, there it is. Look, it's, it was pulsating. Yeah, it's a little freaky. A little freaky is uh, so yeah, you've got this. It's the interior is fully recycled materials, um, like from recycled plastic to um, uh, grown wood and things like that. Um, 
is yeah so inspired by the avatar the idea is you you sort of interface with the car as opposed to drive it there's no there's no steering wheel you just touch the thing in the middle and you sort of push it to the left or push it to the right and um if you saw you can also um press a side bit and it will do that crab movement um so it's not a turn it's a sort of a slice to the left it's very weird but it's very very cool um i can't ever see it being made but um uh, this is one of these concept cars where they're kind of showing off all the latest tech they have and yeah, but the difference is they actually made it. Yeah. Odd, because um, it's, it's sort of been, you know, the, the images and stuff were sent around before, um, but uh, no one really believed and thought they were actually going to make the thing, and, well, they did. So that was a, an actual functioning... They don't even call it a car, I don't think, because it's like it isn't a car. It's a, I don't know, a breathing pod. Yeah, it does does seem a little freaky. Very much Tron is what I thought when I first saw it. I didn't think Avatar. I thought Tron. Well, it's it's yes, yeah, Tron meets Avatar definitely. You've got it's got the Tron over the lights and stuff, but it's that sort of um, it's a live thing. It's, I mean, like you you want to you want a gear stick, right? So that's pulsating. That's no, I don't think I want that. That's I, don't, I don't I don't think I want to have that. Sounds like car porn. Yeah. Well, it depends. I mean, Avatar, you've got to plug your tail into stuff. I assume you're going to plug anything to this. No, you don't have to insert yourself. Yeah, that's, that's taking it a bit far. <laughs> Sorry, but I thought that was a very cool thing. I don't know. Also, I can't imagine that ever going to make it. Technically, it would be highly legal without a steering wheel on the on the car. So, but whatever. Fun, fun, fun. Um, I mean, yeah. And the final thing I want to show you, which is a bit more real in terms of uh, its impact on the world. This is, I think I'm going to keep the audio for this bit. Um, this is a new, well, not so much a new, but a refined motor. So we've, we've used electric motors for a lot of things. This is a slightly updated version. Check this out. The basic goal with an electric motor is to take electrical energy in and convert it into mechanical energy. For our motor, we apply a current to create an electromagnet and we have a rotor that tries to align itself with the electromagnet we just created. So what we need to do is switch the current on and off, creating an electromagnet at the next coil and the rotor ah. up and spin to align itself there. We Clever. have to switch the current on and off really fast, 20,000 times a second. Very clever. Right, so I've actually, I've looked at this before um, in terms of, because uh, when people were trying to come up with, um, what do you call them, those the machines that don't ever Perpetual end. motion machine. Yeah. Similar idea, um, that, that's, what, that's how people thought that would work. If you had a, if you had a, a magnet was pulling you to there, then if you just started it off, and it started spinning then the magnets would it would always be trying to uh, catch up with itself but in reality it doesn't work what happens is you push it and then it just finds a position and locks there and then won't move um so yeah they're basically solving that problem by um turning it on and off but um so it's a, it's kind of like the most basic way that a motor could work but the reason it didn't work 
was because we didn't have the control over those magnets good enough to make the thing work. Um, so basically they designed, they're using software, they've made it so that the control is, is, is good enough to make mm -hmm. that work. Um, so he's, he says in the, in, the, in the same video that basically if he was to replace every single electric motor with his electric motor, he would by immediately by definition reduce um, emissions by 25%. I mean, that sounds believable. I mean, the fact there's, there's, there's no real connecting parts either. There's no way and tear as such. I mean, obviously there's some, but the main part seems to be severely reduced. Yeah, presumably, yeah. I guess it's not that dissimilar to a brushless motor, but whatever. The point is, it's, um, it's, a, it's a new motor. And if, if we start adopting those, then that could be rather impactful actually yeah it's a bit well, like it's a bit like the battery do you know what i mean it's a bit like it's like it well we've taken something that already existed we've just we've just tweaked it slightly and then there you go we've now got something that's 25 percent better i don't even know whether i don't know what's in what the motors inside the tesla is but you know chuck that in there as well who knows so it's, it's all coming together craig it's all coming together there's another 25 percent range right there there you go. Thanks very much. Sorry, how yeah. many miles? How many miles can your car do? Oh wait, yeah, mine could do a thousand. All right. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll probably beat with the lights every single time I get there. Um, anyway, so that I believe uh, wraps up my little uh, video segment of crazy tech. Um, Craig, what is today's topic? Well, today's topic is kettlebells and rucking. So it's something um, I personally have been using for some time. Uh, so I'm sure basically to vouch for their effectiveness uh, as a minimalist gym. Okay. So hopefully I can come and convert you as well because, yeah, I don't think you need to go to the gym. I don't think most people need to go to the gym. I don't think most people need to have expensive equipment in their houses and just clogging up garages or wherever these things are stored. I'm suggesting we need nothing more than a rucksack and a kettlebell. So I'll start with a kettlebell. So um, kettlebell, if you've not seen it before, is basically a lump of iron, like a cannonball with an iron handle on it and you can kind of yeah, pick it up. You can do like one arm, so like bicep curls, um, and pretty much anything you can, you can do with a dumbbell, except this is one solid piece of iron and should outlive you, really. It can last forever. Okay. Uh, typically, something is used in Russia. That's kind of where it's got some um, fame. And uh, today's champion of the kettlebell would be a guy called Pavel. Tasulin, I think I said his name right, um, who's got this entire uh, regime called Simple and Sinister. And okay. um, all it is is a kettlebell, uh, but it's very simple. Yeah, but very intense yeah. if you want right. to get down to it. Uh, he's got a great documentary called Enter the Kettlebell, uh, which I will link for other people to watch. Okay. Um, expect as many puns as the title suggests. Um, 
but the idea is that the kettlebell swing is the most um, simple yet greatest exercise you can ever do for core strength. It's a very, very simple exercise where you literally hold the kettlebell, two hands, two-handed swing, swing about head height, back down again, up and down, and that's it. Okay, yeah. So you wake in your quads, your ass, your back, your arms, I mean, pretty much your entire core. It's getting some sort of workout here. Um, and the simple and sinister routine is to work your way up to 100 swings of varied weight. So you would typically start with a kettlebell that's roughly 12 kilograms mm-hmm. and maybe maybe 40 swings at that point. So uh, four sets of 10 would be the recommended starting point. So for most men, um, that's something you should get to fairly quickly. For women, you would probably stay in the 12 kilogram for some time. And ideally then a man uh, and a woman eventually would move on to a 24 kilogram kettlebell. Right. And that's, that's typically where women would stop and should stop and men can then later move on to a 36 kilogram kettlebell. And that's pretty much the hardest, highest you should go. Okay. Um, and again, the idea is 100 swings. So start with 12, do 40. Two weeks later, move up to 60. Two weeks later, 80, etc. And two weeks later, you get your final 100. Do your 100 for a few weeks until you're comfortable, maybe a month. Now up the weight, start back at 40. Work your way back up that ladder again. And next thing you know, you're doing 100 swings um, with a 24 kilogram. And when you're comfortable, move up to 36 if, if you're a man. Women typically stay in 24. Okay. So, um, go. I was going to say, simple, very simple. It's one exercise, one piece of kit. Um, once you've got proper form, I think that's the difficult thing. I think uh, once you've got that, yeah, there's nothing really stopping you doing this every single day. And that's the idea, you do it every single day. This is ultimately for your, your just for your core. There's like, is, we're not, are we suggesting that you, it works enough of your other muscles to never need to do that or? Exactly. I mean, well, it's, your, it's your core ideally that you want to be strong. So you might not get the, the full physicalness of bulking as perhaps you might like. You won't, you won't get the biceps, but you will have the strength. Right, okay, yeah. So we're not talking about vanity stuff here. We're talking about just purely if you want to be strong. Um, yeah, this is 100% grit. Okay. It's, um, yeah, I think it's typically called farmer strength in the UK, where you want to pick up a hay bale or some rocks. Yeah. Uh, this, this type of regime, you'll do it. If you've got you know, the fancy biceps and you rip top, maybe not okay yep um but otherwise you i mean you will get the biceps you will get the legs you will get the six pack it all comes uh this is a fat burner they use a lot of calories swinging um just mainly for the weight itself try and keep yourself centered you were using yeah you're using the entire abdominal structure to do that too because you've got to sit straight and it's all about kind of pushing forward 
with uh, your, your main muscles at the back. Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah, as a core exercise, very simple, but yeah, the best one out there. And um, what, um, what have you found from doing it personally? What is, what's your, why do you think it's worked so well for you? Um, so we, we discussed the three peaks uh, that we did uh, last week earlier. Um, and this was my training regime. So okay. I've only been doing kettlebells and I've only been doing rucking. And that is primarily where I got uh, my fitness from. Um, about six months ago, I was about a stone and a half heavier than what I am today. And I've lost the weight. I've got generally fitter and stronger through kettlebells and rucking. Um, and I, so I'm guessing the rucking part probably helped more with your walk than the, this part. Because um, it wasn't an awful lot of, you know, stone lifting. It isn't, but it's a core strength thing. Um, I probably couldn't do rucking if I didn't do kettlebells first. As in, you need your core strength to be able to ruck it. I'll come on to rucking a bit later. But um, the idea I'm trying to push you effectively would be that kettlebell swing strengthens your core mm -hmm. so just generally walking around easier general strength is easier um i'm not sure if you can actually see my board here but uh, uh, since, really, yeah. but you can see there's like stuff there i can see stuff so there. i start I, I started in what's called the thousand kettlebell challenge which is swing i think ten thousand times uh, I started the 4th of May and I've had my 24 kilogram kettlebell for about 10 years, but it's been a, a love and hate thing. I've only really got into it properly, say May this year. So okay. about six months. Yeah. Started the 4th of May um, and I worked my way up using the same system. I only have a, um, I either have a 12 or a 14. I think I have a 12 kilogram and a 24, that's all. Um, I can't afford a 36 because they're really expensive these days. And I've worked my way up and I'm currently on 8,740 swings. Per whatever. Per ever. Right. Since, since May. Since May. Right, gushy. Wow. So I've, I've swung that thing almost 9,000 times. So I'm almost at my 10,000 limit. And I'm doing 500 a week. Uh, so yeah, it won't take me long, a couple of weeks, and I should be there. Okay. So that's the idea. So I've been monitoring this. I've been doing the simple side, and I've now finished my chart. And the idea now is I finished simple. I now move on to sinister. Sinister is where you suck in the cool biceps and the ripped six pack and like the square Arnie tits and stuff. That's that type of stuff. So I finished simple and I'm about to move on to Sinister. And Sinister only adds one more exercise to your regime. It's called the Turkish getup. Okay. <laughs> uh, again, it's a simple thing. Very, very hard. Sinister more than I'm not sure I want to be described as either of those things, simple or sinister, to be honest. But yeah, yeah. 
I mean, as, as a minimalist exercise regime, you don't need the gym, you don't need kit. I mean, a lot like of you, that. You, you can't get much better than this. The you fact just that you have... don't have to leave your house. I mean, you know, in new COVID land where going to the gym, which has got to be the worst possible place where everything's like, you know, breathing heavily and sweating. Yes. Everything and it can't be used. So, yes, yeah, the ability to be able to have a simple thing that you don't, doesn't cost you fortune. You haven't got to sign up to Peloton um buy a thousand pound bike in order to uh fit then yeah okay all right yeah Yeah, exactly and that's the reason why the 36 kilogram bell is sold out on amazon right now in the uk and otherwise is really expensive i still don't why why have we not got so it's iron isn't it yeah that's magnetic why can't i just you know why is there not like some sort of thing where i can just get packs of six and join them together that I wouldn't matter. I could just buy, you know, four of them, and then if it's want to go up, and I just add another one, and I just magnet them together. Why can't I do that? Well, they are really heavy. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, like you, you're lifting it anyway. But if you got if you got iron, which is magnetic, and you've got, you surely you could arrange them into a kettlebell shape with magnets. Have I just invented something? Um, I'm not sure. I mean. <laughs> They're, they're, they're really heavy and you're swinging this thing quite hard. It kind yeah. of feels like most magnets and that's like neodymium, which I that. think would be more expensive than iron, would, would mm. be a problem. Mm. I mean, you're swinging this thing pretty hard. You've got to hold it. I mean, it gets to the point where... You don't want it flying across the room by accident. No, you, and you let go of this thing, it will go through the floor or through a wall. I'll look into that. Yeah. Please do. If you can make a neodymium kettlebell, that's cheaper. <laughs> I mean, you've just maybe invented a new brand of product and Amazon will thank you for it. They'll pay me commissions, what I'll do. But anyway, the, the Turkish getup. Yeah, what's that? So I've done maybe 50 of these so far. I'm just practicing. They're very hard. And the idea is you lie on your back, kettlebell to the side of your head, and then you one hand grab, stand up with no, you touch nothing other than the floor and you just stand up and then get back down again. Sorry, 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 describe it again. Lie on the floor, flat, on, the floor. on, on, on your back. back. Right, on yes. Back. Yeah. Kettlebell, depending on which hand you're doing, it's only one-handed, you can use one hand. Yeah. Uh, to the right of your hand, okay. so you can grab, grab it here, so you're holding the kettlebell like this, lying flat. Yeah. And then the first thing you do is yeah, so stand up. It's now above your head while you're lying down. Right. Yeah, exactly. Without dropping up. Yeah. I mean, I s- sounds sinister. It's very sinister. Mm. Um, I can only do five per arm. And it's one of those things that when your arm starts going. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, when you when you do it, it's, it feels it feels better than it sounds, perhaps, because the kettlebell is like the bell of it is hanging here by your arm. You're holding yeah. here. You're holding it quite tight. It's here, and right. it's kind of pushing this way. But you know, if you wanted to, you could just drop it, and right. you'd be okay. So you're not scared doing this exercise? No, no, not okay. too much. So okay. it's either, either like this, which is the way I've, I've started doing it, or the other way was you hold the bell and the bell is on this side of the arm. So you kind of like that. So it's uh, kind of, yeah. can't see it that way. So it's kind of away from you. 
Yeah. You can always go ding. I think I think I'll do that one. Yeah, that's 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 the way I've gone. Um, yeah. So the idea is that you do your hundred swings as normal, but between each set, you also do a few Turkish get-ups, and you work up to um, I think it's ten in total per arm because it's one-handed. And is that working working your arms, or is that also working your legs because you're getting up? Is that, is uh, again, it's, it's a core exercise, it works everything, but primarily it's your arms. Right. It's, your, it's your biceps that are doing all the time there, because you've got to keep your arms straight. Yeah. That's why you start with your arms straight, so your arm is straight, and then you stand up. And you stand up, and then you feel it in your calves, your thighs, uh, like quads, because I mean, standing up is, is difficult. Yes, yeah, so next, next time you don't, I have to give it a try. Probably should have given it a crack last week. Um, but yeah, that's the sinister part. So that's the kettlebell. Um, a couple of bits and pieces that Pavel has recommended is do it barefoot. He's a, a massive hater of shoes. So if you do a barefoot, you keep your grip, you're less likely to fall. Cause when you're swinging this, like momentum does take you sometimes. If you're wearing a slippery shoe, you fall, a kettlebell lands where you don't want it to cause yeah. some damage. Um, warm-ups that are warm regiments uh, typically what's called the goblet squat which is hold it flat then down and up down and up as in I'm holding it like that yeah that's just to give it a bit of a stretch and the halo which is like that and you go around your head that's one do that for 10 times each just a nice little warm-up okay um yeah, the important thing is just do it every day, barefoot, work your way up, uh, working your way up primarily to avoid injury and to increase your strength. Uh, for me, I do it first thing in the morning because it's hard and I want to get it done. And it probably wakes you up as well. It does. It does. Um, next thing is rucking. So rucking is also on my chart. I started rucking properly. Um, the 10th of August. So I'm quite new to the rucking world. Mm -hmm. So all I've done is I bought a rucksack off Amazon for about 20 quid and I filled it with sand. And that was my first starting. So I started with 10 kilograms. Uh, they came in like five kilogram bags for like three quid. So I put 10 kilograms in the first. Modular, see? Very modular. Um, and the idea is Check the backpack on, go for a three to five mile walk. Does not have inclines, you know, can have steady ground, wear some tidy shoes, but just walk. I've got a dog, so I, I just walk the dog every day. Again, the important thing is try and do it every day. With the rucksacks, if they get heavy, you can use those straps that go around your belly. Are you supposed yeah. to use that? Is that not allowed? No, no, you are allowed. So the rucksack I have also goes on the belly and the chest. Oh, okay. The chest, the chest one's probably the best one because the weight is kind of pulling a bit more of the back here because yeah. the weight's kind of kind of a bit more evened. Um, yeah, so first couple of times at ten, it was okay. So I kind of jumped straight to fifteen. So I probably did ten for three days. I did fifteen for two weeks, and the fifteen they they hurt. So. 
it was really these muscles here, so your shoulders. Yeah. I, I could I could feel it. It was it was hurting. Yeah. Um but the idea was that you ruck up to 30% of your weight. Okay. So in my case, that's about 26 kilograms. So 15 wasn't enough. I'd keep on going. Right. Um, yeah, the 7th of September, I jumped the weight up to 27 kilograms to try and see if I can skip ahead. I really hurt myself. I'm back on 15. And then I went back up to 20. So I've been on 20 now for the last two weeks. Yeah. And 20 seems to be comfortable. And I'm getting to the point where I can carry 20 and that's okay. And how much do you think that contributed towards the, your Welsh three peak success? Um, Cause bear in mind, I, I didn't do it. I didn't do either of these things. No. All right. Um, I mean, it's also taken me like, I, I, I can still just about still feel it now. It's been what, four or five days since we did it. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Do you, has it helped? Do you think you've, you've recovered quicker because of it or? Or do you think you would you would have struggled more in the first place if you hadn't done it? I definitely would have struggled more in the first place. Uh, recovery, I think, is okay. Like I still did my kettlebells and the rucking on Monday, so I've I've done it all week. Um, but yeah, mainly, I I yeah, my my legs are stronger because of it. I'm not necessarily saying it's it's the best thing to do to climb mountains. Like probably cardio might give you the similar results. But it's yeah. rode a bike or something. But this is for more strength. Yeah. For example, if we had a challenge of kind of log up Snowden, yeah. I, I'd probably get a bit further. Yeah. Because I'd be at the bottom going, why? <laughs> <laughs> why am I doing this? What's the point of this? Yeah. So so weight. That's that's the main thing really, is walking with weight. And I also walk Penavan. Uh, with the 20k and I managed that it was hard but I did it all right okay then I did that no that was that was a few weeks ago um, and again rucking comes into the same category as kettlebells simple cheap great exercise as I mentioned I bought a rucksack for like 20 quid and I eventually had four bags of sand of roughly three pound 20 each I believe right so you know we're talking for 30 ish quid I have a gym on my back and I already had the kettlebell. So that's the two pieces of equipment I needed to, for my class to be fairly fit now. I wouldn't say I'm very fit. I'd say fairly compared to where I was um, six months, a year ago. Cool. Okay. Yeah. But rocking put simply, you haven't got to buy the sand. If you happen to have some house bricks or raised blocks, books whatever really just stick them in a rucksack and walk with them that's kind of the, the idea of it like a bag of cement or something you know whatever you got check it in and just go for a walk and uh, the idea is if you're rucking while walking you've been for three times more calories and uh, you definitely feel it because your heart rate does increase especially when you get to an incline yeah i bet yeah really good stuff um but yeah, simple, cheap, minimalist. And for me, um, I'm not a runner, as you know. 
Like I, I don't run. Nope, we don't. So uh, the only way to lose weight and get fit is to either go fast or go hard. And <laughs> rucking is the hard way. So I'm not fast. I don't like running. I don't really like cycling. Rowing's more my thing. Um, I'm not prepared to pay £30 a month to row. So instead, I'm just going to put sand in a backpack and take it for a walk. And <laughs> that's, that's kind of what's good for me. That's what I find that works. Uh, it does typically work well for larger frames. So if you're taller, you're a bit wider, um, rucking is good for you. If you're nursing an injury, rucking is also good for you because it's very steady. It's more the prolonged carrying that gets to you. So obviously you've got an injury, maybe go for a mile, not five miles, that, that type of deal. Yeah. Kind of ease it in a bit more. Um, yep. Mentioned you could use whatever you want, sand, rocks, whatever. Cruiser weight. Um, when you first start, similar, similar to the kettlebell, start with about 10% of your weight. So for me, that's about 20 pounds or about 10 kilos, which is what I started with. Um, go for about a two mile walk and then start increasing things by 10%. So you can increase your distance by 10% or increase your weight by 10%. But eventually you get up to five miles and 30% your weight. Uh, rucking is a military thing. And obviously they carry a lot of kit on their backs. Um, when they're training, they do 30%. When they're deployment, they can do 45%. And uh, that's their hard limits. But the idea for luck rucking is you shouldn't go past 30%. Okay. Um, yeah, that's the weight. Uh, increase speed or distance. Yep, go light and medium. That's the cool one. Uh, Gold Ruck. So Gold Ruck is an organization who sells rucking equipment, like specialized bags, and what's called ruck plates. So they're kind of like thin plates, have a lot of weight, but they kind of fit into a backpack a lot easier than a bag of sand does. Right. So <coughs> I carry like water with you and other stuff that you might actually want to use because it's a thin one. <coughs> exactly. So you can just put a couple of ruck plates in, which could be 10Ks in themselves which are quite small, maybe a book, and yeah, pack other stuff you'd also want to take with you. And the idea there is they have all this special equipment to do this, and they also have events where you can go participate and go ruck with other people. It's an American organization. It's not really a UK thing yet, but uh, for me, I can't see why this wouldn't become so. It's, yeah. it's a very... Oh, UK version. Ah. Yeah. Go on, someone. Start a UK yeah. rucking. We'll call it yeah. rucking, rucking, but without the C. So it's just R U K ing, rucking. Perfect. Already come up with a name. I've done half the job for you. <laughs> um, but you could. Um, I'm just trying to imagine because, like, uh, how do you fit that into, into your daily life? Obviously, if you're if you're walking to work or something, then obviously you can do it there. Or if you're walking a dog, if you have one, then you can do it there. Otherwise, you are actually deliberately, you know, packing a bag and leaving the house and going for a, uh, however long it takes, walk, um, which might not be quite so convenient. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, because you, 
obviously it also depends whether you've got anywhere to walk to. You see what I mean? If you live in the system, you might struggle, but I, I, I'd assume there's always somewhere to walk, but depends what you compare it against. More, more less convenient compared to what? Going to the gym? Well, I'm just trying to think if if you're the benefits of if, if the gym happens to be local to you, then um, you might find that's easier. But um, obviously there's a whole kind of staying away from other people thing. This allows mm. you to do that. Um, I'm just trying to work out what sort of scenarios uh, it would especially work for people. Which ones it, which ones it wouldn't. I'm also applying, trying to apply it to myself, whether I would want in where I live, whether I would want to put a rucksack on and go for a, a wander. What's, uh, what's stopping you? Uh, I just, in the immediate location, I'm not sure there's anywhere particularly nice for me to walk to. That's what I'm trying to say. So like there is a park, but it's uh, quite a distance away to get to it in the first place. Um, but maybe that way. I don't know. I'm just trying to play out scenarios in my mind. I bet that also the kettlebell, I can do that at home in my house. That's easy. And I can, yeah. walk, I can walk up and down the stairs, but um, yeah. But then equally, the social element is quite nice. Um, there are usually a walking groups. So you could probably join a walking group and then just go along because there's a there's one I know there's one local to me uh, on the weekends, a nine mile walk. So again, you yeah. can just join that and actually actually have a social element to it, uh, but just take weight with you whilst they're doing normal walks. Exactly. Um... But walking is probably one of the best exercises for your body. It's it's what the human animal is built for. Walking long distances, you know, not really maybe running long distances. It's not primarily built that way. Um, but yeah, walking is a thing we're built for. Yeah. So go for long distance walks and all you're doing is walking is, you know, relatively easy. If you're, you know, got to a point where you're fairly fit. Uh, you just add in weight to make that a bit more difficult and burn more calories and get your muscle strength up in your back, your necks, your legs, kind of the same areas the kettlebell has already toughened me up for. Um, and that's why rucking seemed like the next obvious step for me. Okay. Uh, do you have a ne- another step? Is there somewhere you're going to go next? Well, I've started the next as of this week. So as I mentioned, I've now got to 20 kilograms mm-hmm. of sand. Um, so the next step is now part of the sinister regime is 30% of my weight is 26 kilograms. I happen to have a 24 kilogram kettlebell. So now what I have to do is take my kettlebell for a walk. <laughs> so I swing it, chuck in the rucksack and take it for a five mile walk. We thought we thought about like drawing a picture of a dog on the side of it or something just to make it, you know. Well, like a companion cube of portal. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I've already I've already named it Pavel. It's my little Pavel. I'm taking Pavel for a walk. Yep. So, I mean, it's one of those things where uh, it's a really awkward weight, which I've noticed. Um, I need to wrap it in a towel so I can actually keep it sort of center center mass. Giant. But um, yeah. Like my backpack with four bags of sand is pretty full. Uh, with kettlebell, it's not. So I can put like a rain jacket in there, a bit of water or something. You know, whatever, whatever I want, really. And the, the idea, um, I think it was Joe DeSantis where I 
got it from. He's the guy who runs the Spartan races and Tough Mudder. Right, yeah. And he's got this whole thing about a kettlebell, which he takes everywhere with him. He goes on holiday, the kettlebell comes too in his luggage. It's that type of thing. Um, he's all about taking his kettlebell everywhere with him. So he wants to add suffering to his life to sort of push himself out of comfort and just get used to the fact that, you know, everyone's got a plan to get punched in the face. So have a bit of that with you at all times. For some reason I'm thinking, what's that? I'm trying to think of the name of that football from the film. Um, Carl oh, Wilson. Wilson, that's it. <laughs> I, if I get one, I'm going to call it Wilson, I think. <laughs> I mean, please go on. Like, um, it's one of those things that I think you will quickly love. I'm going to first, I'm going to link into whether it's possible to modularize the kettlebell, uh, and then I'll, I'll consider getting one when I can't. Or, yeah. Yeah. Well, if you, if you can get one, um, yeah, please do. It's, yeah, simple, efficient, minimalist. I think minimalist is the angle that really, like really inspires angle. me. I do like the minimalist angle. Um, yeah, I, th- I, I also do think it's quite nice to, um, like, in some ways, my issue with the gym was that although there was other people there and it was therefore social it kind of also wasn't because mm. um you're you're not you know everyone's doing their own routine and they're not really talking to each other really uh, unless you go with a friend anyway and then uh, get them to spot you and, and that sort of stuff it actually is it's, it's quite difficult to make it into, into a social activity but going for a walk is a lot easier than making into a social as in, again you're talking about friends that you already know or if you set up a walking group which do exist um then it's it's a way of adding your exercise to that and that appeals to me more because that's just doing something that humans are supposed to do go for walks good fresh air all that stuff um yeah it's got a social element and if you add the weight that it also is muscle building too and core strength so yeah i can i can see the appeal fantastic uh yeah it's exactly all of that um uh, i would say it's a very it's a very simple thing to do. It's, it's not asking much. It's not asking much cost. It's a very cheap thing to do. Um, I guess you're out and about. I sort of ticks off the exercise side of things. It's doing something that you, at the first you're going to find hard, mm-hmm. but eventually you're going to get to the point where oh, this is okay. And you'll start enjoying it a little bit. And I think I've got to that point now where it still hurts, but... I, I've got to the point where I know I need to do this every day. Uh, yeah, it's not part of my habit. It's probably the most important because you, I think in the beginning, that's why everyone who tries to do a new regime often fails is because in the beginning it just hurts and there's no, um, there's no reward. Um, but mm. then after a while, there's the dopamine kick of, of doing it and you actually want it. You actually want to do that exercise. You look forward to it, and then it's then it's okay. But I don't know. It takes a couple of weeks or something to get to that point, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean the twenty-one day habit thing. I suppose once you get past that. But yeah, personally, love it. Would highly recommend kettlebell and rucking, especially rucking the kettlebell. Uh, those would be the three steps. <laughs> that would be the three steps. I mean, one day we need to do the three peaks without kettlebells at the top. Take a nice photo of them at the top. 
once they've made it. And uh, draw little, little smiley faces on them. I won't need to, it's Wilson. He's already got a smiley face on. I mean, yeah, well, well done, Pavel and Wilson. You've made the top of three peaks. Now, doing that makes that entire thing three times harder. And that would be a very, very cool thing to do. Maybe next year, mate. <laughs> well, we can't do it now. It's all bloody closed down, isn't it? That's true. Uh, I, I say we do. I say we do Scaffell Pike with Wilson and Pavel uh, as a as a as a first put of call, and then you know maybe move on back onto the the Welsh Street Pigs again once. <sighs> yeah, let's just well, let's start with Scaffell. Something to practice for. Cool. Uh, that's all I had. Um, that's my minimalist exercise regime. Um, only been be doing it properly since May, uh, but it's now part of my daily thing. And would highly recommend to anyone who wants a minimalist, cheap and easy way to get fit. Awesome. Thank you very much for watching. Um, and remember to think, educate, and act. And we will see you next week. Bye-bye.